What's up, everybody? This is your girl, Nini, and you are listening to the Brutally Opinionated Podcast, where we talk about major issues and topics that not only affect our culture, but influence our culture. Kicking off my very first premiere episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with none other than the former head of death row security himself, Mr. Reggie Wright Jr. How are you doing today? Great, great. Thank you. Thanks for having me on your show. Um, I'm honored to be your first guest. So uh, appreciate you reaching out for me and uh, glad to be a part of your platform and wish you nothing but success. Thank you so much. I understand that you had a severe battle with COVID and pneumonia. How are you feeling? Well, unfortunately, uh, I'm feeling great right now. Uh, It'll be three years coming up in December. I just been... um, dealing with the uh, after effects of it uh i'm one of those that uh that kind of was caught it bad and i was fortunate enough to survive it i know a lot of people may have lost a loved one or a friend to it and so i don't want to slight the ones that lost it um by saying that you know that i i got it worse than they did but i did get it kind of severe i was on the ventilator uh for over almost two months and um i survived it but when i woke up i was paralyzed <laughs> from the neck down um and so the last uh uh going on three years on as, as of december the 9th uh i've been um struggling and struggling and fighting and fighting to get back down on my feet and um yeah, it's been a long struggle, but um, I'm still here, and um, and um, and um, God's been looking out for me. Yep, you are still here. That's the most important thing. You are still here to fight another day. So you got this. You got this. Oh yeah. Um, I just want to thank you for taking the time out to speak with me. It is greatly appreciated. Let your so, for those who don't know who Reggie Wright is. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay. Well, my name is Reggie Wright Jr. I'm a former uh, police officer for the city of Compton Police Department. Uh, I'm I'm a uh, child of God, God-fearing man. Uh, I'm a father, a father of, um, of, of three, two girls and one boy. Uh, well, I'm calling them boys and girls, but actually they grown ups as well. <laughs> I have a, a 35 year old, a 27 year old. Well, she's 26 actually, and a 22 year old son, uh, Reginald Wright the uh, Third. I'm married. I have a beautiful wife, Teresa Guillory, and I'm um, uh, I'm fortunate enough to have both parents still in my life. I was born and raised in the city of Compton. Uh, however, I haven't lived there uh, since my um, childhood days. Uh, fortunate now enough to move out uh, once I uh, became an adult. And um, how, or the reason why I think, other than just being a man and God fearing, that I have a little irrelevant. Re- into this, uh, maybe this podcast, um, is because um, I was childhood friends with 
uh, Shed Knight and became the head of Death Row Security uh, in the mid-90s when the record labels in the hip-hop community were doing good. And um, uh, and so that's a little bit about me. Okay, great. So that leads into my next question, uh, childhood friends. So how did you meet you? Uh, we've been living in the same community, uh, maybe a couple of blocks away from each other. Went to the same elementary school. Uh, he's a year older than me, which we did everything by grades back, you know, when we were growing up. And um, uh, he was in the third grade. I was in the second grade when we met each other. And, um, you know, growing up, we weren't the best of friends then. Uh, we just was uh, lived in the same community. Uh, we both were fortunate enough to have lived, came from a two-parent household in the city of Compton and mainly knew Shook at that point in life just from going to school and playing in the, the uh, recreation departments, uh, meaning um, I didn't play football with him as a youth, but and he didn't play basketball as a youth. And we both played at the same little league for baseball. And okay. he, and um, and so that's where my first interactions with Chip was. Um, so we you did. Y'all were active back then. Yes, okay. yes. We, yeah, we, we we go way back second, third grade. Yeah, so I guess I could say I've been knowing him for over fifty years. <laughs> yeah, that's a long time. Very Five decades. <laughs> that's a very long time. So how did you make that transition from being a veteran police officer with the Compton Police Department to becoming the head of security for Death Row Records? Well, pretty much what happened was uh, Shig was already doing his thing, blowing up. I was doing okay in law enforcement. Uh, but we had got some intel, my father being uh, also in law enforcement, that some of the guys that were working for him were, were planning on uh, doing some harm to him. Uh, for money and uh, we passed that information along to him and then that's at that point when he solicited uh, my father and myself to uh, come and work for him because he was doing well uh, he had already had the chronic out and he had already had a uh, dog for, doggy style out and uh, even um, above the realm soundtrack uh but my father was like, no, no, no. But me being like a 26, 27-year-old young guy, and I'm sure you can imagine that atmosphere that was around there, I was kind of like intrigued, you know. I wanted mm-hmm. to uh, somehow be a part of it. Okay. And I took on, I took him up on his offer. Okay. So your father pretty much set the example for you to join the police department. Okay. Yes, I can always say my father has always been my role model and my uh, childhood idol. And not too many of us have that in the black community. Um, we need to have more of it. Yeah. So you were one of a few people that were close to Pac. So you got to experience him in his essence. What was that like? What was and what was your relationship with him well, like? I can honestly only speak of him for the last 11 months of his life because uh, that's when he was on death row. Of course, we all knew of him and knew of his music and stuff prior to the 11 months. But interacting with him and knowing him was the last 11 months. 
Now, I'm not one to sit up here and try to say I was bosom buddies with Tupac like that. Because that was his and Suge relationship. I was more Suge and the and Suge homeboys uh, uh, entourage or, or, or close with them. Uh, however, we were the label, though. And we were the, the company in charge. And so a lot of things that he needed done so he can be, you know, do his art, do his work and, and, and do the things he did had to come through the company. So me being a part and a major figure with the company uh, for, you know, because of my relationship with Shug, he did have to interact with us on a lot of different uh, occasions. Okay. Did you ever get a chance to witness him, witness him work in the studio? Uh, I got a chance to witness him working in the studio. I, I was pretty much there on many of his uh, sessions because of mm-hmm. um, my security, and that's where we did a lot of, of the work at, was at the Canel st- recording studio. But, sitting, but to say I was sitting in there and being around and being in there while he was performing, uh, no, I, that wasn't my uh, role or my duties. Um with him at the company. Gotcha. Now that fateful day that he was shot in Vegas, um, where were you when he was killed and what was going through your mind then when it happened? Okay. Well, I was at the club. We, we, we had a couple of events going on there. Of course, they were going in and attend the, the fight. And um, that was the main reason that uh, a lot of people were out there but we also had a, a a club or a nightclub out there in Vegas where Suge was, um, was getting a launching off the ground that he um, was going to have Tupac come and perform at, at the Club 662. And I was there getting the club prepared and, um, and um, to be a safe, a safe ground for them to arrive to. And to keep the club going and, you know, and getting that prepared. So I was not with them at, in the entourage when he was shot and uh, later died. However, once I heard about it, of course, very upset. Um, a lot of emotions going through your head. Uh, it was a stressful time and um, it was some sad days, probably some of the saddest days of my life. Yeah, I know for me, um, I was 15 that year, turning 16 okay. um, a couple of months later. And I remember walking in my room, my television was on, and I saw it, and it just seemed like the whole world came to a standstill. It just got even like a darker presence. You know, when we saw it, it was just yeah. unexplainable. Um, where do you think Pop would be this very day had he not been murdered? Well, I would like to think that he would be on a um, a level of um, you know in the in the acting and stuff of like a uh, no no less than a Will Smith or higher than Jamie Fox or 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 Martin Lawrence or 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 um, uh, or Eddie Murphy. Um, you know, I I would think or I wouldn't put him on Denzel maybe, but you know. Uh, I, I would hope that he would have achieved that because I know that's what he wanted to do, be in the music stuff. Uh, I'm sorry, in the movies industry. Um, however, 
However, I would hope he would have been on the end of that and maybe getting into the political, uh, into the politics. Because if you knew anything about him and you really listened to him, the boy um, knew his, his politics and he cared about his people. He was very much a revolutionary, very yes. much. Yes, ma'am. To the heart. Um, now, with all the controversy surrounding Pac's murder, what do you think about KCD being arrested as the prime suspect? Yeah, no. Uh, you know, of course, trying to be the young black uh, guy that's associated to gang members and all of that. Yeah, you know, well, I don't want to see a, another black man in jail and all of that. Okay, I said that, right? I said it, all right, yeah, right here. No, I'm one of those that believe I have a a standard of people that should be in prison and to conspire to uh, with someone to go and commit a murder um, beat up on women molest kids rapists mm-hmm. and people like that I believe that they should be in prison and uh, if everything that Keefe is saying is truth which I believe then I believe he should spend the rest of his life in prison Recently, I don't know if you heard, but DJ Clark Kent stated that Pac was the reason for Biggie's death. What are your thoughts on that? I understand um, people um, that that's in your clique or in your entourage and stuff like that having an opinion, but uh, I don't agree with DJ Clark, Clark Kent. I really believe that um, uh, um he, he died because, um, number one, th- they wasn't humbled enough and they wasn't respectful enough when Tupac died uh, to the public or to the people. And um, you say, well, why would you say that? I would say because he was out there on the radio uh, um, doing the song. Uh, you go listen to the lyrics and listen to Biggie's reaction and stuff. In the long kiss, a good night song, uh, mm-hmm. stuff like that. They were egging it on, and um, and not being remorseful and respectful to the deal. Now, right. he would maybe say that it was because he was so upset because of what Park was saying, and you know the stuff with you know about faith on the stage and all of that, but. Okay, maybe that was wrong. Being a little bit older now, I understand that 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 maybe you know wouldn't be wise or wise thing to say. But my response to that would be, but you don't go and egg egg on things and and be saying things like that, um, you know, on the radio. And if you do decide or elect to do that, then you bring it on to yourself. What happened? Right, just like I don't opens old yeah just like I don't give Tupac too much of a pass for what Orlando and Keithy D and them did um, uh, for the gang culture I'm not saying that I agree with this but from the, the, the element and the, the code that they live on what what, what Tupac and Shizzy and them entourage did to Orlando Orlando and Keefe D and them were supposed to do what they did okay um, how do you think that his death affected 
Suge and do you think it still weighs on him to this day? Oh, definitely. Uh, Suge has a persona that he likes to put up and, and, and to try to portray. But deep down, I'm sure he has a lot of sleepless nights concerning uh, that that um, that dreadful day and that incident uh, that happened. I'm sure he would never let us see it. He would never show his hand. Um, but deep down, him and God knows how he really feel. And he loved Pac. No matter yeah. what he say or people say about their relationship and all of that, I I didn't experience that. He loved Pac like a little brother. He was not a a money belt or a cash cow or whatever terms people would like to say. Um, I totally, totally don't agree uh, that um, that's how Shiv looked at Tupac Shakur. I believe that as well because um, he tends to kind of get a little um, distant when Pac, like in certain interviews that I've watched, um, it's almost like he kind of checks out of the conversation in a way when it's brought up. But um, I know you took control over the label at one point. What was that experience like for you? It was a, a on-the-job uh, t- training experience. What I mean by that, I was learning on the job. Luckily, uh, Suge wasn't dead. Um, what I mean by that and why I say that is I still had him to consult and to run things by him and, 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 and go and talk to him and stuff like that. So he made that transition hard. I would pretty much call it a messenger job, even though I had a few times buck heads with him and said, no, 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 this is why we got to do it and do it and be a little stern. But for the most part, it was just running up and said, hey, this is what we're facing. How should we deal with this? What's, what's the plan? And so luckily I still had him where I could go and, uh, and lean on him. Do you keep in contact with any former artists and members from the label? Oh, daily. If you listen to my show on Bomb First, uh, you'll see that um, daily, uh, and not none of the big name artists, the Dr. Dre, the Snoop, um, even Das and Corrupt, I haven't spoke to uh, uh, recently uh, on my show, but anybody other than that, how? I pretty much has had or, or would speak to, um, you know, at least once a month and some of them weekly. Okay. So what are your thoughts on Snoop taking over ownership now? I don't believe he owns it. I believe he's just okay. a friend man. So that's my opinion on that. But I want to see him do something. He has not done anything. He has done even worse than what he did when he had doghouse records. Mm-hmm. Now, Love what he's doing with the merchandise. Love what he's doing. Thinking he's doing a great, great job with the merchandise. But as far as a label, uh, he has not yet to impress me. But I know it's a hard. It's harder than a lot of people think to uh, to to get a label off and going, and uh, to find that hit. It doesn't take much once you get a hit, but it takes a lot to get a hit (laughs) if that makes sense right it does I would like to see where he goes with it I know it won't spark that same fire as the old death row did but I would definitely like to see where he takes it 
Um, now, you and Mob James are an extremely are extremely close. What is that comedy duo like? Because when I see you guys on on YouTube, it's just like two brothers, like an older brother, younger brother, that's always kind of going at it with each other, but it's out of love. Like the older brother likes to pick with the youngest one kind of situation. What is that? What is that relationship like? With the Mob James or the James McDonald uh, situation, I yeah. think it, it grows from um, just our our history or our uh, 50, 50 years of friendship or knowing each other. Um, but like I said, I have other people that I have that type of relationship or history with that's not on the air with. But I just believe that those are the type of relationships you have with people that that, that you can continue to know and have a relationship for over 50 years. And um, I'm kind of that person with other friends as well, the one that always disagree and come at you and go back and forth. I guess that's just my my personality. Uh, but um, I really think it's genuine. And um, um, yeah. I, I, you got to challenge your loved ones sometimes. You got to challenge them. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And just be respectful with it. You can challenge anyone as long as you're respectful with it. As you know, um, Suge is coming out with a podcast in a couple of days, but apparently there's a clip release where he speaks on yourself and James. What are your thoughts on that? We responded to that on, and I kind of stayed a little uh, uh, mom the word. Um, I'm still sitting back waiting, but James went way hard. You check out Steel Bombing Podcast, he he went way hard on it. I hope should be smart. But more so, I hope Dave Mays be smart. Because some of the things that he has said on that podcast already, mm-hmm. very liable for. That statement that he made about uh, Dave, uh, Akon, mm-hmm. he better be able to prove that. Because if Akon elects to uh, sue them, it could be big. What um what do you think the biggest mis- misconceptions that people may have of you? Uh, the biggest misconception is that I had something to do with the the death of Mur- of Tupac or Biggie Small. Um, those are the two biggest misconceptions that I believe. Uh, that's out there about me Um, anything else and one of them it doesn't bother me as I always say I'm frankly about uh, because I don't know them it hurts me because people think that uh, I had something to do with the death of Tupac because I knew him I I worked with him and um, had some of a relationship with him so that hurts Biggie Small you can't hurt me with it because I didn't know Biggie I only know him through his music. However, I uh, have really, really learned to love and uh, uh, have some type of respect for him as a person by listening to stories from his mother. You really go and sit and listen to the stories that his mother tell, you'll see that Biggie was a, a, a young kid growing up loving his mother and just like the rest of us just a normal dude and uh, the story that I spoke when I was like whoa 
man, this can't be a bad deal. When his mother gave us a story and said, one day her, him and Biggie was having a disagreement, like mothers and fathers, brothers and sisters, boyfriends and girlfriends, husbands and wife do. And and she was, but they would never hang up the phone on each other without saying bye. Mm-hmm. And he wouldn't say bye to her. And she said, uh, she kept saying, all right, I'm about to go. But he wouldn't say bye because he didn't want to finish the conversation. She said she laid the phone down because she didn't want to hang up on him because, you know, that was their little rule. She said she came back to the phone an hour later and he's still sitting there waiting for her. <laughs> you know, a dude to me that can respect their mother and love their mother like that, how can you say he's a bad dude? No matter what, what perception that you think you know about a person. You don't know these people. We think we know these people. But we don't know them. We don't know them from Adam. But we pass judgment on people. But the stories like that that make you be like, whoa, that ain't no bad dude. I don't care what nobody say. Any dude that can't just hang up on his mama <laughs> ain't a bad dude in my book. Right. Pac and Biggie were well-loved by so many, and they still are. Um, so it definitely still leaves a hole as to the question of what if you know what if that day didn't happen yeah where would we be if they were still here yeah but then you also have the other stuff would they be still that big would they have messed up would look at how we looked at Will Smith in the 90s look at what you think about the nigga now think he's the softest nigga in the world think he's a pussy well I think he I don't know what I think um but now his his stocks has went down from when that nigga was playing in Men in Black show to me when he had uh, Summertime on the radio you know when he was on Fresh Prince that brought up every bad chick in the game on his show Will done had as his girlfriend on the show growing up can't take tell me one bad chick in the game right now that's that's our age not, not yours my age uh, in the 50s that, that Will wasn't with on the freshman show. You know, other than maybe Janet Jackson or something like that. Um, but my point to all of that is we looked at Will like that dude. Uh, but now I look at him in a totally different light. And um, my point is maybe they could have went that way. Where So who knows? But uh, they forever hold dearly in our hearts now. And do we know would, would Pocket did something to mess up? It seemed like that's what happened to us, especially by in America, where they build us up to break us down as black men. Yeah, they have definitely done a number on us, and it's our job to repair it. Um, yes. Nobody's going to come and save us but us. Um, which kind of leads to my next question. Where does your relationship stand with Shiv right now? I mean, uh, brotherly love. Hate him, but I love him. <laughs> what I mean by that, I, I get so mad at him because he says stuff in one breath that'd be so true. Be like, damn, nigga, thank you. Thank you for finally saying that. And then the next month he'll say something like, uh, we will call him James Mob Jamie or Tupac knocked him on his butt and knocked him out. Come on, man. You know that ain't happen. Why you gotta go and say that? <laughs> so, 
I get frustrated with him on stuff like that because most people don't know Sugar is really just a big jokester. They love telling a joke and trying to make you laugh. Uh, and so that's why he says a lot of the stuff that he does. Yeah, it's not that he's a major liar. He's really just trying to get a joke or a reaction or trying to be funny. And I just don't know or, or wish that he wouldn't cross that line sometime from, you know, or or just say, okay, I'm telling a joke right now. Y'all laugh at this. <laughs> if it's funny versus telling a lie to try to make us laugh. Right. That's my only problem I have with Shug Knight. Given us a lot of history amongst you guys, um, history, memories, good and bad, do you think that there will come a day that you all can have a conversation? Oh. Oh, we will. Oh, we will. And we're going to be good. Yeah, we're going to be good. Um, we're going to be good. Yeah. Um... So we'll have it real soon. Okay. Um, we'll be good. We'll be good. Trust me. So it sounds like you're open to it. Um, what would you say if he were to be open to it? If you wanted to say anything at all? Oh, no. We'll be good. We'll be good. I'm still going to correct him when he lying. And he's going to still throw his jabs at me. And we'll be mad and get upset and disappointed. But I ain't going to let you say it. I ain't going to sit and just let you go and say, oh, yeah, that nigga Shug is this, this, this. Oh, no, no, baby. Wait. All right. So, Reggie Wright Jr., everybody. Um, again, I want to thank you so much. I truly do. Because when I called, you answered. And not only did you answer, you delivered. You know, you didn't hesitate. You said, I got you. Let me know when. And we can do this. And I definitely appreciate it. I truly appreciate it. And I look forward to doing this again. Uh, much respect. And like you said, we got to, and this is why I do it. And this is why I don't mind. It's just because like you said, and I love what you said earlier, we, if we don't help each other and we don't build each other up, who's going to do it? Right. Okay. Absolutely. So shout out to you. Keep up the grind. Uh, keep up the good work. And uh, I'm glad, you know, I don't know why you branched off. And went on and did your own thing, but shout out to you. God knows why he did it and gave you this opportunity. And go ahead and run with it, and don't trip and don't look back. Thank you. I appreciate those words of encouragement. I really do. Um, any shout out that you want to give? Uh, just you know, anybody that needs to get a hold to me, you can hit me on my Instagram, uh, Reggie Wright Junior. I think it is. <laughs> I'm not big with it. And uh, secondly. Come and check me out. Um, give me an opportunity. Give me a listen to for, for about a week. I know a lot of people have pre a pre-perception of me, but just check me out. Give me a week. Give me 10 days on Bomb First YouTube channel daily and see if uh, I said something that uh, um, catch your eye. Okay. So y'all heard it first, everybody. That was Mr. Reggie Wright Jr. himself, the former head of security for Death Row Records. You know, spending time, you know, coming to have a candid conversation with me. All right. And we are out.